Matthew 1 uh, from the message translation. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they enjoyed their wedding night, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke uh, to him in this dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit made her pregnant. She will bring him a son, uh, she will bring a son to birth. When she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic revelation to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He, mar he married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's talk about the scripture this morning. It's familiar, right? We know that one. Does anything stand out to you hearing it this morning? So I am a sentimental person. I, uh, and, and the older you get, that can be a problem because you don't want to let things go, right? You know, you made this for your mom when you were in the second grade and she obviously didn't want it anymore, so she gave it to me. So I probably should just throw it away, right? Because the, the gift has lost its meaning if she gave it back. Anyway, but I am a sentimental person. And so in 2010, was a, just a very, very hard year. Um, I was uh, dealing with something with my oldest son. He was 13, at 14 at the time. And it was uh, traumatic, to say the least. And it was the worst year that I could imagine. Everything, when it comes to your children, it's just, it, it, it just gets you in a different way, right? But at the end of that year, I was going, we were going to decorate for Christmas, and I picked up this ornament. You know, you see them in Target every year, right? With the, that year on it or whatever. So this was 2010. I picked it up. And uh, I've kept it ever since, obviously. And the reason why is because I like to look back and think where God came through, how God came through, and how he didn't leave me in that state, but brought some healing and some comfort so I can remember the goodness of God on the days when I don't think God is good at all. It's very helpful uh, to be able to look back on that. I have one from 2016, which was the year of my divorce. And I have one for 2021, which was the year that I moved to Peoria. So there's good, good stuff, too. It doesn't have to be all bad stuff. And, of course, I have a 2022 one because I got married this year. Um, so I remember this 2010. When I think about 2010 and how hard it was, how rough it was, and how just utterly uh, decimated my entire family was, I remember one good thing that came out of that year. We had some dear family friends who really rather rallied around us during this very difficult time and were just there for us. They didn't judge. They, they were just there. They were just people that were there, and we became lifelong friends. And they had a son. His name is, was, is Nelson. He was around 13, 12 or 13 at the time, 
And I would take him, he, I would take him to school every day and pick him up with, my, with the other kids as a favor for his parents, for our friends. And so Nelson and I got to be really, really close. He's my buddy. And so he was having a talent show at his middle school, and he asked me to come. I was like, oh, sure, I'll be there. And so his mother went and bought him a brand-new suit, and he was getting up there to do a talent. I had no idea what was coming. And so he's standing up there in front of, I don't know, maybe three, 400 people, and he says, I would like to dedicate this song to my good friend, Melinda. And he sings, Tom Jones, She's a Lady. Y'all, I'm going to have to demonstrate this because I don't think you quite understand. I was sitting in the back, right? And so when he did that, I get up out in front of the aisle, in front of everybody and go, I'm Melinda, I'm Melinda, that's for me. And so when we were leaving the whole thing, people were coming up to me and said, oh, that's so sweet, that's so cute. It's a small thing. But in a year that was hell, It's the one good memory that I cling to because it was good. It felt good. It felt good. So, but sometimes Christmas just does not feel like Christmas. So what do we do when Christmas isn't Christmas? What do we do when that joy that we want so badly that everybody else seems to have, we want it for ourselves? What do we do? I know what it's like to be joyless at Christmas. I've had those Christmases. It just, those years when this just does not feel like Christmas. I don't want to put up a tree. I don't want to do those things. Sometimes we are the Grinch. And we don't care that we're the Grinch because it just really sucks. But we have to be on those particular Christmases. And if that's your story this year, we have to be intentional. We have to be purposeful about finding joy anyway. To find the beauty of the story of Jesus' birth. Now, I, I hope that you know me well enough by now to know that I do not ask anyone, and I'm not asking you to pretend that everything's okay if it's not okay. I don't do that, and I don't expect that of you either. But for our own spirit, we need to look for some spark of joy. And maybe the reason that joy, hope, love, and peace and light are sometimes hard to find for us at Christmas, is we are looking for those things in the wrong places, in the wrong people, the wrong things. The Grinch thought he knew what made Christmas Christmas. He thought it was in decorations and bows and trees and lights and the gifts, the presents, all the eating and the singing. And let's be honest, it was a lot. The Grinch was not complaining that the Who's were celebrating the birth of Jesus. He is upset with their excess. As Rawl says in his book, it's hard not to blame him. Terry and I watched the Jim Carrey movie, The Grinch, last night. Has anybody kind of, has anybody, y'all have seen that, right? Sarah, Sarah and her kids have seen it again. So we watched it again last night, and I forgot how over the top the Whovilles are. I mean, it's just insane, crazy with all the packages and all the things. And I just want to read an excerpt from the actual book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. All the Who girls and boys would wake bright and early. They'd rush for their toys and then, oh, the noise. Oh, the noise, 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 noise. That's one thing he hated. The noise, 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 noise. 
Then the who's, young and old, would sit down to a feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, 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 feast. They would feast on who pudding and, and rare who roast beast, which was something the Grinch couldn't stand in the least. It was just too much for the Grinch. The Grinch thought that Christmas was in the excess, the outward appearance, the extravagance, the pretty picture that was painted. Now, those things are not wrong. You and I like those things. I like those things. We decorate our house for Christmas. I like those things. I want to be festive. I want to get things in a mood in my house. So, uh, you know, the, the wreaths on the door. They're, they're, and there are presents to buy, right? It's not like any of us are going to come up this year and say, well, you know what? It's all going to be about Jesus and no presents for anybody. Merry Christmas. I mean, we're not going to do that, right? So it's not practical. Now, do we have to spend thousands of dollars? No. But it's not practical to just do away with the whole thing. And some of those things are good. They do bring us a festive mood, right? They can help lighten it a little bit. It's a little bit of a distraction. But if you're experiencing pain this year, it's tough. And just like the Grinch, Grinch, we can think that these things are what make Christmas Christmas. They help. They really do. But they're not what makes Christmas Christmas. As Rawls also says, how often do we focus on getting the outward appearance of Christmas right instead of truly anticipating and welcoming the presence of God with us? Anyone remember Christmas 2020? What was that like? It's hard. Was it not? Was it hard for you? It was. It was hard, but it was different, right? Somebody want to tell me how different their Christmas was that year? What did you do differently? Stay put. That's right. Anyone else? Did we go to any Christmas pageants? Were there any children Christmas pageants that year? No, there weren't. There, were there any adult Christmas pageants? Libby, were there any? No. No. <laughs> yeah. This was my first Christmas in Illinois. And uh, we had a 3 o'clock Christmas Eve service. And it was virtual. We had our longest night service. It was virtual. So I, didn't, I couldn't even really comprehend because I've never had a longest night service. I couldn't comprehend exactly what that is. But it was different, wasn't it? Was, was there anything from that Christmas in 2020 that you took away from it that you can look back now on and go, okay, that was good. There was some good right there. Anybody? Yes. Who said? Less busy. Less busy. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That's good stuff. You know, I, uh, we didn't go anywhere that year, Celeste and I. It was our first Christmas here, like I said. And, you know, uh, we didn't go home because everyone was so sick. And so I didn't want to drive home and, and get us sick, come back with sickness, or take sickness to them. Um, so it was just Celeste and I that year. I bought an ornament. It was a little um, 2021 little house that said our first Christmas, 
2021 in a new home to mark that. There were no Christmas food or sweets. There wasn't any baking food or good stuff. All that was gone. I didn't get to see my other children. Um, and I had been here for over two months, and I had not met most of you in person. But it was still a good Christmas for us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life. And, the, and without the Word, nothing came into being that came into being. In the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. In the Greek, this, this phrase is literally translated, the Word became flesh and pitched his tent among us. Anybody in this room ever try to put up a tent? Right? Isn't that lots of fun? You think that's fun, Marche? Oh, we need to talk. We need to talk. Oh, dear. I mean, have you had to stay in that tent for a period of night, for a period of nights with your family? Did you do that? And you loved it? Okay, thank you. Okay, sleeping in the tent is... Being together is fun. Sleeping there is not fun. That's what I was going to get at. My family would tent camp when I was in high school or middle school and high school, and I hated it. Oh, I hated it. Sleeping on the hard ground. There were no air mattresses. And, I mean, it just, it, you know, no air conditioning. You hear every little sound, like, oh, my God, is that a snake? Is that a bear? No, we're in rural Mississippi. There's no bears. I mean, it was just... <clears throat> One of the worst experiences of my life. One year we pitched that tent and I guess we had inadvertently put a hole in it of some sort and it rained that night. <laughs> I don't like to camp. <laughs> and certainly not in a tent. It's not comfortable for me. But Jesus did this. He, he pitched his tent among us. He dealt with uncomfortableness, with fear, lack of sleep lack of good food or food at all. He dealt with stinky feet and body odors and snoring and bad breath. In the message, it says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. So what if we focused more on, on anticipating the presence of God and welcoming God into our Christmas? Those other things that I talked about, we have to do those. We have to buy the presents. We put up the tree. We do those things. We bake the cookies. But what if we were to say intentionally, Jesus, you are in this tent with me. Show me what I'm missing as I go about these Christmas things, these Christmas tasks. Help me to see. Well, what if we were to pray, God, where are you when Christmas doesn't feel like Christmas? Where are you when I don't feel joy? We forget that or we don't feel like Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. You know, that first Christmas in Illinois, I was really dreading it. I, you know, Christmas is hard for me in the first place, but that Christmas I thought, you know, get ready, it's going to be really bad. But it just wasn't. I felt like Jesus was in the tent with me that Christmas. 
I didn't know you in person, but there were some of you that I was praying so hard for, those of you that were sick, those of you that were having a hard Christmas that I was told about. I felt already connected to you, and I didn't even know you. So what if the usual trappings of Christmas are not bringing you joy this year? Or they're not helping you see that Jesus pitched his tent with you? So I want to offer two suggestions that have been helpful for me, and I hope they might be helpful to you. My first suggestion is just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Go to the children's pageant tonight at 6 p.m. Go to the Christmas parade. Go to your work Christmas dinner. Listen to the Christmas music. Sorry, I'm not really going to do that. But anyway, you listen to the Christmas music. Watch the sappy and predictable Christmas movies. I'm not going to do that either, but you go right ahead. Come to the longest night service. Be here for the Christmas Eve service. Bake the Christmas cookies with your kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or your friends' kids. I know you don't want to. I know you don't. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. Don't isolate yourself this year. Don't do it. What was helpful to me in those moments was participating anyway. Did I feel like singing the Christmas song? No. But I was there. Do you not want to talk to anybody at the work Christmas dinner? That's okay. Go eat the food. I mean, if it's a really good dinner, like if they're going all out and it's really nice, go anyway. You don't have to talk to anyone. Just eat the good food. You don't have to eat one Christmas cookie. But if you, do, but if you don't, what's wrong with you? Eat those cookies, my heavens to Pete. Light candles. <laughs> Buy something that you don't need just for yourself. Help out at Sophia's Kitchen. Go out with Lula to one of our unsheltered encampments and hand out hand warmers or hoodies. Speaking of the week between Christmas and New Year's Eve, Sophia's Kitchen will be closed. And Lula are asking restaurants if they would donate food that week. Um, and I believe we're going to serve it here. If I, if I have that right, Jamie? I think we, I think we are. I think, I think Jessica wanted to host it here that week. Just a good hot meal every day that week for our uh, unsheltered friends. That's a great way. That's a great way to volunteer and help. It'll be needed. It will be so needed. Visit the nursing home. Take stockings to the sweet people. Help foster kids buy their gifts. Help foster kid families buy their gifts. Do it anyway. Do it with all the sadness inside you, with all the darkness and the emptiness that you feel. Don't fake smile. Don't pretend everything's okay. Put your Grinch face on and do it anyway. Just do it. The second suggestion that I have is to look for Jesus in unexpected places. The Nicole Norderman song, Dear Me, she says, and you cannot imagine all the places you'll see Jesus, but you'll find him everywhere you thought he wasn't supposed to go. We will find Jesus in unexpected places, but we have to be open to seeing him there. I cannot tell you how many times I have closed myself off from people when I was hurting, isolating, and I've missed good things, things that I needed to see, things that I needed to hear, 
It is my default when I'm hurting, is to wall up, to shut down, shut everything out, shut everyone out. But it doesn't work. And after 50 years on this earth, I can tell you with extreme authority, probably the only thing I can ever say to you with any authority whatsoever, is it does not work. There's still pain, there's still hurt, there's still devastation, but we don't have the beauty of the love of the people around us that we so desperately need. It doesn't work. Yes, there are times it's healthy to step away, to find our balance once again, take some time to you know, catch our breath, but we must find ways to stay connected, especially when we are going through difficulties and grief. Look for Jesus in weird places, through random people, through movies and books. Imago believes that everything is spiritual. So what if we really practice this, especially even at Christmas? What if we truly live like everything is spiritual? Last Christmas, JJ told me about a song that he thought I would like. He knows that I don't like Christmas music, but he said, I, he said, I think you might like this. I love a song that tells a story. Like, and I'm about to mention some songs that I, that I really love. You, and y'all are, a lot of you are younger than me, so you're not going to know these songs. But like, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yes. It's good stuff. Or Ode to Billy Joe. You know, he jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge, right? Oh, it's a great song. I think it's the only song she really had, like the biggest, the only hit she had. The Harper Valley PTA, y'all need to go home and listen to some music. We'll send a list. Old Lang Syne by Peoria's own Dan Fogelberg, one of my favorite songs. So this is a story song that JJ's going to sing, but the story is unexpected. I was thinking this is a Christmas song, but it isn't, and then it was. And then when I could comprehend the story the writer was trying to tell, <laughs> Jesus was pitching a tent with me that day. He was there. I asked JJ to sing this song for us. I'm going to ask you to meditate on the words. I believe the, the lyrics will be on the screen. But I want you to just contemplate the story in this song. This run-down tenement hall Is the room of a girl I know She cowers behind all the dead bullocks Afraid of the outside world So how should I come to the one I love I will find a way Many thieves and collectors have used that door, but they only brought her shame. So she won't even open them anymore. Still, I will find a way. I could call out a name with love to the walls. Condemnation is all she. I could break down the door and take her into my arms, but she might die from fear. 
How should I come to the one I love? I will find a way. I will find a way. How should I come to the one I love? I will find a way. No hiding place. Ever kept her safe, so she hides in there as well. Now to reach her heart, the only way is to hide in there as well. I will hide in there as well. Well, she gave up on love. Waiting for a change, but a change is coming soon. 'Cause how could she not love the helpless babe who is waking in a womb? I found a way. I found a way. She'll know I am coming. Before I am here, she hangs her head. She'll see me there, and then when I come, she won't turn away. All the beauty and joy to return to her face, and what of that loneliness now? It is gone, lost in the bond of a mother and son. Every sin that she suffered at the hands of man, every single disgrace will be washed clean again. I will love her completely, and when I am grown, I'll carry her out of that tenement room. I'm doing a new thing. Soon you will see. I'm coming among you, and my name shall be. To make me cry. I have been the girl whose hiding place did not keep her safe. I have lived in shame because of choices I've made. My body has been sinned against. I have lived a life of paralyzing fear. But I needed Jesus to find a way through all that. I need Jesus to find a way to me, and He did. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. Jesus finds a way. He has pitched a tent and He is here. Jesus' first tent, Mary's womb, in the dark. Barbara Brown Taylor says, New life always starts in the dark, whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb. It always starts in the dark. 
If Christmas is dark for you this year, remember, new life always starts in the dark. Jesus has pitched his tent in your heart, in your spirit, and he's always near, especially when it's dark, especially when Christmas doesn't feel like Christmas.